Hey guys, I'm Pete. And I'm Alex. And you're listening to the Kick Push Pivot Podcast. I'm a former Fortune 500 consultant dedicated to the idea of innovation and growth. And I used to manage marketing tours for the Rolling Stones, focused on creating one-of-a-kind customer experiences. On this podcast, we interview people faced with the decision to kickstart innovation, push through doubt, or pivot to something new. We hope you find something inspiring or encouraging as you listen. All right, everyone. Thank you for coming to another episode of Kick, Push, Pivot. Uh, we have a great, great guest today, Dr. Harvey Castro, which has an amazing story. I look forward to hearing more about his thoughts on entrepreneurship and AI. But before I do that, I'm here on the show once again with my co-host, Alex. Alex, say hi to the crew. How's it going, everybody? Good to be back for another episode and uh, nice to meet you, Dr. Castro. Excited to have you today. Absolutely. To yes, nice. absolutely. So, you know, before we jump into the kind of the technical pieces of all the crazy stuff you're doing with AI and healthcare nowadays, let's hear a little bit about your story. Would you mind just giving us a kind of an introduction to kind of what, who you are, what you're working on today, and then we'll bring it back uh, to the origin story of how you got started. Um, I'm a ER board certified physician. Um, right now, really specialized in uh, digital health. I'm focusing a lot of time on digital health companies around the world and just working one on one with them with how they can use AI in healthcare. I love it. And that is, I would say, the hottest topic we've AI, had. AI, the buzzword. I, mean, I know. So we look forward <laughs> to digging into what that means and what that looks like for you since you're on the bleeding edge of a lot of those conversations. Um, but before we do that, one thing we love on this show is hearing how people got into where they are today, because it's often a winding road full of twists and turns. And as this show does indicate, there's a lot of pivots in that person's story. Nice. So, I see what you did there. I mean, you saw that? Okay, there's more to come. <laughs> Don't worry. There's more to come on that. So would you mind, uh, Dr. Castro, if you could just take us back, you know, where where did you come from? Where did you grow up? Kind of what were some of those formative experiences uh, as you kind of made your journey to where you are today? Yeah, great question. You know, I, I really think when you talk about people's beginning, I, I think often you'll find their why, why they do X and Y, why they, you know, an entrepreneur or leader X and Y. And so my personal why is actually a strong one in the sense that my mom had me at an early age. Uh, she got literally got married at age 15, had me at age 16. Wow. Uh, my father, unfortunately, was abusive to my mom and to me and told me that if she stayed in the house, I would not be alive. So she left oh, him after mm -hmm. me being born like two weeks because she found she found him hitting me at like two and like it's like, no, this kid's going to mm -hmm. die. And so at age 16, uh, she basically reared me and said, you know, the, I, I joke a lot and I say in an enduring way, she brainwashed me in a good way. She She basically gave me hard life lessons at age 16 and as we were growing i remember you know being like five and she could be what 21 and telling me just amazing things as a mentor and, and one of the things that really resonated was hey you can be the president of the united states another thing she told me is like hey if you kill someone i need you to tell me and trust me so that you have you know that your partner's here in life that i'm your mom <laughs> nice. and and then you know i didn't have a dad so she was like my mom and dad and fast forward that strong life knocks at an early age and growing up in New York City um, really just opened my eyes to see life differently. And, mm. and I knew that I was her one shot in life and I was the first American born in the United States and I was going to be the first college student. And I was like, okay, 
I need to hit a home run here and I need to do well. Um, there is no failure. And in my mind, there was never a failure in my life. Like in my mind, I was like, I'm going to do it. Yeah. That's growing amazing. up in New York City around all that diversity is probably really encouraging as well. Like, you know, uh, giving you a lot of hope for opportunity with all those diverse, you know, people in New York City that are doing well. You know, it's funny you say that. I It's true. Uh, I remember all my friends' uh, parents had some side hustle or everybody had a hustle going or something. <laughs> some of it were scams. <laughs> and, uh, but at the same time, they were hide side right. hustles. <laughs> Create your own business. You just need to bring in three or four of your best friends and have them work for you in this tier right. marketing system. I've seen those before. <laughs> well, that's amazing. You know, thank you for being so honest and transparent with you. I kind of where you started from. And it sounds like your mom was an amazing influence in your life and it just gave you, I think, a realistic view of what it takes to be successful, but also to be in an open and supportive relationship. Because I think for people that are, make it in this world and are successful, it's never, you can't do everything on your own, right? And I think you can use those hard experiences in life. Um, uh, you know, I can't think of anything harder than growing up with a single mom in, in an abusive situation. Um, and taking that and using it as kind of fuel to kind of drive your, your ambition, your desire, your drive to actually make it uh, in this world. And I think if you look back, you know, from where you are today to where you came from, I'm sure a lot of that, those are connection points and motivators for you. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I have a, a soft, pot, spot, yeah, soft spot in my heart for single kids, single parents, uh, parent, uh, kids without a, a, a second parent. Um, because I feel like, you know, those, those individuals, they have it tough. You know, you got one role model and if that role model doesn't hit it, then you're looking at extended family and friends, but it's tough. So, you know, I've almost made it a mission that I'm going to always give like talks around the community, around the world about this topic and help the, the other little Harveys out there in the world. Uh, cause I just feel like it's, it's about also giving back. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Way to take the hard things and make it into a good thing. That's, that's totally. really powerful. That's really powerful. So growing up in New York city, that whole area motivated by your mom, where did you go, you know, next as you're kind of growing up, getting to middle school, high school, beyond what happened next in your life? Like walk us through that. Yeah. So unfortunately I, I was a screw up in high school in the sense that I, I, I couldn't keep, uh, I kept cutting school. I wasn't the best student. And so finally when I graduated high school, I said, okay, it's time to get serious. I'm going to apply to college. And I got tons of rejection letters and I was so upset Ouch. that nobody would take me. And then I was like, well, I can't really afford college anyway. So let me join the army here and they'll help me um, get my act together. Maybe I'll be more serious and uh, get some discipline in me. Um, and fast forward, um, that actually helped that actually from the mental point of view, uh, growing up in the city, but then being out in the country and throwing my first grenade, shooting my first rifle, uh, the mental state of that, and then pushing your body and running and all that stuff. It, it really made me a man pretty quickly. <laughs> um, and then I, I like talking about that because it's just, it's medicine is not just physical. It's also mental. And the army, I felt like, gave me both. And so mm -hmm. fast forward, um, finally I'm in college, and I couldn't afford uh, pre-med books, and I couldn't afford a lot of stuff. So I thought, okay, Harvey, you got to push yourself here. So I thought, what if I just go to the local bookstore? What if I just go straight to the book manufacturer and say, hey, I know you guys have mistakes in your books. Give me the book for free, and I'll find edits, and I'll find mistakes, and I'll write them in there, and I'll mail it back to you. 
and it actually worked. I got tons of pre-med books and uh, undergrad books and all this, you know, in that sense. And I, I was just so excited because I was like, all right, here's my ticket. Now, you know, I can cut college costs down some, at least on the bookend. And then I could possibly get some scholarships here for what I'm doing. And so it was really cool just thinking outside the box of, you know, how to take it to the next level. And I'll never forget one of the book companies. They were like, hey, when you get in med school, let us know because we got all these med school books that we want to give you, um, but we need you to be in med school. I was like, done. And so Sweet. I was in med school and I started getting just tons of books. And funny enough, my name was coming up in all the books and I had just gotten into med school. So it was kind of cool because all these guys were like, how did you get your name in this textbook? You know, you're barely a medical student. So it's kind of funny. So your name was in there wow. as editor or? Yeah, editor and like contributor or, you know, thank you, Dr. Castro for X, Y, and Z. Or not doctor. I guess at that point I was just a med student. So it's really, really fun for me. That's a cool and flex. So I'm sure you got some dates out of that one. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> that, you got to find a really funny. nerdy girl and you open that book up and say, look, well, I don't think you know who I am. Textbook. That's right. <laughs> but, but then I'm, I'm this kind of guy that likes to take things to the next level. So I basically went to the local bookstore. And I don't know how I came up with this idea, but I told the bookstore, I go, give me Harvey's Corner here in the bookstore. Give me all the books that you want, and I'm going to start a, a, a favorite list of books, and I'll tell you what book is for what. So for anatomy, you should take this. For this internship, you should take that. And the funny thing is- Oh, wow. I was like office hours? Stuff. Like office hours in the bookstore? Like, you know, like a yeah. little consultant? But, but no, I had it all printed. And so ah. I just had this like list and then they would always call me like, Hey, we're going to have to start making copies because people come steal your list and they buy the list, but then what's what you recommend. So I thought it was funny. And so I was known for my Harvey's corner. So like the area bookstore, like everybody in Houston and Galveston that went there, they knew about me because of the bookstore, because <laughs> that's cool. my, my corner of books. And then I would lay out all the books that I would recommend. It's kind Man. of cool. It's only a matter of time before you got your own podcast. And if you're just, you're starting out <laughs> with Harvey's corner printed in the corner of the bookstore in Galveston, that's pretty cool. That's, that's yeah. awesome. So I have a question yeah. though. Why, yeah. why healthcare? Why medical? Did it, was it something that came from your experience in the army or maybe your experience of just taking care of people, taking care of your mother, you know, people in New York city, how, why healthcare? Yeah, no, great question. I think it falls to, I look at my left hand and I got this scar you really can't see well, but I was 12 years old, you know, typical teenager. There was these signs in, you know, like where it says don't park. And I had this habit of whenever I would walk to school back, I'd always jump and hit them to practice jumping. Mm -hmm. Well, one day I hit it and a piece of metal was sticking out and I didn't see it. And so when I came down, it gashed my hand open. Ooh, and so mm. ended up at the local ER. The wait was forever. And then the doctor said, hey, uh, we can't give you anesthetic here. We just got to do this raw. And I ah, died. No oh, way. And that was my first experience to like an emergency room. So you I had thought stitches this guy with no anesthetic? With nothing, with no anesthetic. Yeah. Oh, yikes. And so I was pissed as a kid and I just had to bite <laughs> down and just like take it. And I was 12. <laughs> And so fast forward, I thought, let, when I realized, hey, I didn't have to go through that pain. I was so pissed at that doctor. I, I, uh, looking back, I probably should have looked them up. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, big picture, I thought, you know, I got shitty health insurance because I didn't have insurance. <laughs> mm -hmm. I got shitty health care. Why not be that light, be that doctor, be that mm. compassion, be that person and I'm like, I'm going to go into ER. And then the other part was my ego. You know, I was a young buck and I thought, if I can be an ER doc, 
I'm going to be a, a, a pretty tough guy here. I'm going to like doctors are going to respect me. And I thought that's who I want to be. I want to be mm. known as the guy I can think within seconds, know that people may die if you don't think fast enough. I was like, that's me. Mm-hmm. And so finally, I ironically went into the emergency room because I thought, this is a true doctor in my mind, someone that can take care of anything. And in my mind, I was like, I need to take care of the poor, people that don't have any health care. And mm-hmm. then I also didn't like the disparity. Like I would notice people that have good insurance or had more money, they were being taken care different than those that didn't. And that would mm-hmm. kind of upset me. So I was like, no, everybody gets the red carpet. I don't care if you're homeless, like you smell, you're drunk, whatever. <laughs> I don't care. We're going to take care of you like like nice. you're the president of the United Great States. Story. And so. Yeah, and so That's people good. loved me in the ER. People, uh, my best compliment was people would say like, "Where's your office?" Because I want you to be my doctor, and I was like, "I'm, I'm doing my job." Yeah, go to Harvey's Corner. That's my office. You just gotta go find that little bookstore. <laughs> Harvey's. <laughs> That's Harvey's. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Well, kind of reminds me of a good dad joke. You know. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Yeah, I gave I gave you a warning. <laughs> so a little girl goes into the ER room. She swallows ten quarters. She's there for about three or four hours. Doctor comes back in, asks the nurse, how's she doing? Nurse replies, no change yet. No change yet. <laughs> All right, that was good. I like that. Oh, I'll, t- I'll take the pity laughter. I'll take it. <laughs> All right, I got one now. It has nothing oh, to do with medical. Goodness. But, you know, I have to rebuttal now to Pete. So why, why couldn't the green pepper practice archery? Hmm. Because you didn't know. habanero. <laughs> oh wow that is yeah. rich here that is go. rich okay i think my, my Zing, job my, my job is done here that's called mentorship i'll hand the baton over to you oh, too that's good awesome. too good that's awesome well medical school i mean that's that's significant i mean I, I we've met a few er doctors in our day and i'm always very impressed with them but it seems like you weren't satisfied there because you're not doing that today you've kind of moved on into the business side so it seems like you did medical and then you had this passion for innovation for solving problems. And it seems like every bump on the road you've hit, you've kind of created something or solved something. So what, what drove you to that next level and how did you get into that business side of things? Yeah, it's always been a pain point. Um, later I found out that my dad died like in his early fifties of a heart attack. And I thought, Mm -hmm. man, I need to do something about heart health. And in a small way I was in residency and I thought, let me come up with my own concoction of like vitamins, over-the-counter stuff that I know has scientific data. And I was always into this alternative medicine, obviously the Latin side of me, the Hispanic side, my mom always giving me herbs and telling me more medicine than I already, I was in med school and she would tell, still teach me stuff. So I just humbly say, yes, mom. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> that's right. Go. You do not contradict your mother, even though you're an no, MD. My mama said. <laughs> that's right. And so I said, you know what? My mom will probably like this one. So I'm going to, I made a concoction of uh, vitamins. I got a manufacturer, I got a cardiologist to give its blessing. And I just started selling vitamins nationally. Uh, on heart health and um, fast forward it's always been like some problem that's bothered me that I'm like I gotta do something uh, and funny thing is, is I can honestly say I don't feel ever that I did something for the money I felt like it was the problem was bothering me so much that I knew this was a pain point I knew that the money would follow but it wasn't the prime goal it was just like let me take care of this pain point the next one was uh, as soon as I got out of residency, this thing called an iPhone came out. I don't know if you've heard I've of it. I've heard of this thing. Yeah. yeah. It's a little it's thing. Like you, iPhone can, one. Like you can hold it, right? You hold it and you can punch <laughs> things in on the screen. Go to and the so, Google. Go to the Google with it. So 
I'm um, coding a patient, tell the nurse, hey, we need to start this drip right away. And she gets this textbook and starts thumbing through it. And I'm like, holy cow, like, hurry up. We need to go here. Patient's dying. And she's like, I got it. Here we go. And I thought, man, the cliche statement, we got to do something. There's got to be a better way. And so I thought, you know, I'm going to teach myself how to program. And I'm going to create an app. And I'm going to call it IV Meds. And so I made some rudimentary app, but I did it, pulled it off published it and to my surprise it hit the top 10 in the world like all the countries were selling left and right and it was because i had this pain point nobody was addressing it obviously i'm Mm. a doctor and then i could validate it and take off quicker than other people could even think about the pain point and so i took the money from that and i was like you know what i'm just going to start making apps in healthcare and using my brain as a doctor i thought well now i don't have to worry about the programming i can hire someone because i'm getting money from this thing and then fast forward, I sold that and um, working in the emergency room. And I joke and say, uh, I got called to the principal's office. The administrator of the hospital called me in and said, Dr. Castro, uh, we want you to see patients quicker. And we really don't like how much x-rays and CAT scans you're ordering. We, we think you're ordering a little bit too much and we need you to cut down. And then to me, I was just kind of pissed because I was like, wait a main minute. This person doesn't have health care. They get one shot. And they were like, that's our point. <clears throat> we just want you to put a Band-Aid, take care of them t- for today. And then if they have long-term issues, don't worry about it. Let them go see their doctor. And I'd be like, I am their doctor. Like, that's it. They go to the emergency room because they don't have money. I'm their doctor. Let me take care of them. And they were like, no, uh, we, you know, profits, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know what? I got to find something else. I got to I gotta do something. It, it really upset me because my heart was like, hey, let me do what's right for my patients. Let me be the advocate. And now you're telling me, no, there's money involved and we got we to gotta play this both ways. And I was like, oh, I get it, but I don't like it. Mm-hmm. So uh, this was crazy. I mean, I was one of the major partners of, uh, of the ER and I had ownership in multiple ERs around the state. Like it was a big deal. And I went to the CEO and I said, um, I want to sell back my shares, like whatever they're worth, just give me something. I, I'm out. Like, and he's like, are you crazy? Like we're about to be bought and these shares are going to be worth in the millions. It's like, don't do it. I was like, yeah, but I can't be sold. I can't like put a price on myself and my soul. Like I'm not going to be able to hmm. sleep. So I, I got to go. So I sold wow. my shares, hmm. and at the time, I got lucky. There was this thing called freestanding market here in Texas, and basically there were these standalone ERs. Imagine cutting out your ER and just dumping it in suburban America. And so um, big picture, I got to take care of patients. I got to spend time with them. It was okay if I sat with them for an hour because for the business model at the time, you only needed three to four patients that paid in 24 hours, and then you were good. For the company and I was like oh my god this is heaven I can like give my all now to patients fast forward I started creating these free standings for other people and I thought I think it was like 12 in I thought why not start my own so then I started my own company got investors created my own uh, business name grew it up to uh, 350 employees eight locations and ended up selling that but but it was from that pain point not not being able to take care of patients the way i wanted so i got to play doctor in a good way i got to teach doctors like hey we get to practice medicine the way i think it should be done Hmm. and now i'm taking the handcuffs away of telling you uh, hurry up i'm actually doing the opposite if you go too fast with my patients you're going to be in trouble with me but if you take your time with patients you'll be fine and so it was kind of cool and doctors love work with working for me at the time because they're like man this guy wants me to 
have fun with my patients. Like he's not giving me constraints. That's really awesome. Cool. That's awesome. So fast forward to today. Now, you know, speaking of efficiency and speed, we've got this new thing called AI. You've been dabbling in it. It has the potential to really transform how we think, how we work, how we even interact with people and technology. Can you share us a little bit about how you got into that and kind of what you're working on now? Yeah. So the skinny is, um, I was playing with ChatGPT. It was November, 2022. And I was like, holy cow. I had that iPhone moment that I just shared with you guys. And I told my wife, I'm going to write a book about ChatGPT. And she looked at me and she was like, what is ChatGPT? I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> and so then I started writing about how doctors could use it and what the future. And then she would, it was around the holidays. So she was pissed at me. And she was like, you know, it's Christmas week. You really should be taking the time off. I'm like, no, I got to write this book first. And then when I'm, this is done, I'm good. <laughs> and so, and I was just a newlywed too. So she wasn't happy oh, with boy. me anymore. Oh boy. So bless her heart. So then I told her, um, she's, and then she'd come and make fun of me and she'd mess with me for fun. She'd be like, you know that you're writing this book, but nobody will know it or buy it. And nobody has any <laughs> idea of what you're doing. And I'm like, I don't care. Like, you give it away to it, all your uh, relatives on Christmas. You're right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Got a stack right here. Harvey's Corner 2.0. Exactly. So big picture, I started learning about the science, got really into it. Like I don't do anything half-ass. I just jump in all 100%. So I was like, I'm going to learn the science and I'm going to use my MD and I'm going to think of ways that this can help patients. And so then I started going out there and giving talks around the world about the good, the bad, and the unknown about ChatGPT and healthcare. And then overnight, um, I started getting calls literally to go to Dubai, go to Germany, go to uh, Portugal, like all these things to just go and talk about AI and healthcare. And I thought, okay, now this is getting fun because this I'm helping people, I'm giving ideas. And uh that's basically where it's going and it's just fun because like for example like discharge instructions i'm going out there explaining how they can change how they can be customized how can we use the power of ai to to be able to speak to a five-year-old versus talking to a 20-year-old or different cultures again i'm from new york and melting pot so the way i would speak to a certain culture is not the same way i would speak to a different culture and there's different rules and rules of engagement you know mm -hmm. and so i'm more sensitive but ai i feel could teach that to someone in the sense that if i'm really callous and Really, my empathy score is really low. I fear to say you could use AI to help you with the words that you're supposed to use, the mannerism, the way you sit, the things you should say, and the things you shouldn't say. So mm. I'm really stoked about this technology. Amazing. I love it. And so you've, you've written this book, you, you finished it, uh, despite it being during Christmas and being a newlywed. And uh, you've, you've published it, and it's now available for people to read. So you've become kind of this thought leader over time just because you've committed to the learning in depth and, and being a hot topic right now. So how are you thinking about AI and healthcare now? I kind of want to park on this topic for a bit because you're so yeah. in the weeds. How are you seeing it being used today? How could it be used in the future? And if someone is interested in learning more, where should they be paying attention? Yeah. So how I see it being used, I think... Um... It's kind of tough, but I'm just going to start saying that ChatGPT may not be the answer to healthcare. It may be uh, MedPalm2 or some other large language model that's AI that is specific for healthcare. Um, ChatGPT4 is great, and I have a feeling that it may be ChatGPT5 that's going to be the one that's going to really kick butt with healthcare. And so big picture, I think we'll be able to use that model. I use it a lot for brainstorming, but as an ER doctor, I'll give you a quick scenario. I'll give you two real quick. One, as an ER doctor, you're working two o'clock in the morning, you're exhausted. Um, you do things automatic because you just do it so much. But 
what if I told you you could go into AI, obviously be careful with HIPAA, you're not going to put a patient's name, social, all that stuff, but you go in and say, okay, patient shows up XYZ, here's the x-ray finding, here's this, tell me the differential diagnosis, the different things that it possibly could be. Again, it's two in the morning, I'm tired as heck. Now the AI can say, oh, here are the things, and I can look at it and say, holy cow, I didn't think of this one thing that it said. Let me add this test or let me take away this mm. test to make sure that I got it. That's one way today that it's being used by my colleagues. The other one real quick is uh, iPhone is allowed uh, allowing you to take pictures and upload it. Obviously, that feature is not out yet, but they talk about it. As an ER doctor, one of the pain points is we get overdose patients, lungs are short, uh, paramedic comes in, throws a bunch of pills at me and says, hey, doc, patient took these, she's unconscious, what do you think it is? And I have no idea what these pills are. Fast forward, I could take a picture of it, I could identify what the p pills are, it would ideally talk to the EMR. My pharmacist would be like, "Oh, it's Miss Jones. Okay, yeah, it's it's. She's got a he's got a ton all over those. Here's the antidote. I have it. Her weight, and boom, within a minute, I have that. Currently, I have to talk to poison control. I got to index the pill. Got to look at the special mm. number on it. Send it to pharmacy. Have them identify it. Now this thing will change. So that's what I see the future coming with healthcare and AI. Yeah. And so where where to find uh, this kind of stuff now? Obviously, I'm biased. I think I'm writing good content. And so I put it on LinkedIn all the time and I've written all these books, um, all these books behind me. I know you can't really see them that well, but I got like 10 out the back behind me and those are all pretty much AI and healthcare. So uh, I'm going to say, yeah, come to my website on Amazon and take a look to see what, what interests you and what angle. I, I wrote some books specific for patients, but then I wrote some others just for doctors. Hmm. Yes, absolutely. And we'll, we'll make sure we post that in our, in our recording so people can find those resources easily, because I think what we're seeing now is it, people want to know more about it, but sometimes they just don't know where to go. And I think some of the use cases or examples of how um, AI can be used that you were just talking through about you know, automating you know, some of the manual tasks you're doing, speeding things up, maybe even giving options to doctors that they normally would think about if they yeah. had unlimited time and energy, which let's be honest, the shortage in healthcare is real as it relates to staffing for both nurses and doctors. So having an assistant or at least a support mechanism in place to help you will be massive for folks. Yeah, so I, totally. I, I agree with all those things. Yeah. And awesome. AI is still so new. It's hard to you know, pinpoint who's the expert in the field. You know what I yeah. mean? It's sometimes it's yeah. hard to trust who, do, who do you even listen to? Um, so point. it's, it's, it's great that you're out there learning about all of this and, and kind of being that point person for people. So I what's next you for you? Uh, Dr. Castro, I mean, you're, you're in AI nowadays, you're, you're educating yourself, educating others. What's, uh, what else are you creating? You're an entrepreneur. I know you got something under the covers there somewhere. Yeah. So I got a couple of things. One is called the GPT podcast. I basically cloned my voice, cloned my bo business partner's voice, and I put in an article. So let's say it's Bill Gates talking about AI. I feed it into ChatGPT and create a conversation between my business partner and I that ChatGPT picks. I give it guidelines on how to go about it. Then I take that output, I take my clone voice, and then I publish it on Spotify. So I can, I, can get a, I can get a podcast out probably in 15 minutes from, say, something bre breaking news happened. I could probably pull it out in 15 minutes. I love it. So we're going to put in Harvey Castro into the chat GPT, Pete Mackey and Alex Gallup, and it's going <laughs> to there we go. bust out a, a podcast for us. That's what we'll do in the future. <laughs> Probably with better dad jokes, though. I don't know. Probably. <laughs> I don't know. Chat GPT doesn't do a good job with jokes, apparently. No, I'll get, my job is safe. That's good to know. That's good to know. <laughs> Very cool. That's great. Well, you know, we're going to keep tabs on, on AI as a trend on this show. Uh, I think it's going to be big in healthcare. 
And we're definitely going to keep in touch with you, Dr. Castro. So thank you so much for your time. One of the things we always do at the end of the show is we ask our guests to give a nugget uh, to the folks that are listening in. So if, if I was a healthcare professional or someone in the technology space in healthcare looking to learn more about AI, or at least keep my eyeballs on the trends that are coming out in the market, any suggestions on how people can get involved on education or maybe even get involved with you know, a product or idea? Yeah. You know, I think the best thing to do is kind of like riding a bike. You just got to ride it over and over. So I would encourage you to just jump on ChatGPT and then pay the 20 bucks and get on there and pay the subscription so that you can start playing with it and asking it questions. And the more you use it, the more you learn, you, you know what's good, the bad, and maybe the hallucinations, you'll start seeing it. <laughs> The other second part of that is honestly, I'm, I'm gonna again, I'm gonna be biased. Follow me on LinkedIn because I, I literally just all I do is just post all these articles and angles. And then I've been spending a lot of time with different futurist uh, data scientists that we talk about the geeky stuff. So then I throw in the science and the medical side of it. And so I'm, I'm putting a lot of content out there of how the future can be in healthcare. And I know somebody's gonna take some of these ideas and say, "Ooh, I'm gonna start a company just with this idea." And I honestly don't care. My voice is about patients. And so as long as whatever is being done is going to the patient, that's my reward. Excellent. I love it. I so love dive it. in is what you're saying. If Go you're, for if it. If you're interested in it, just dive in and learn as much as you can. Exactly. Very good. That's good advice. Well, we appreciate your time today. I know you're a busy man. You get your fingers in a lot of pies. So we appreciate you coming on to the show. Um, if people want to learn more, where would they go to learn more about you and what you're doing? Yeah, um, it's pretty simple. Any social media that you're using, just type in Harvey Castro, MD as in medical doctor. And I spend a lot of time on uh, LinkedIn. So if you really want a response, just go on LinkedIn and uh, shoot me a text there. Uh, so please join me. And then uh, obviously on Amazon, just type in Harvey Castro, MD, and then that's where my books are as well. That's great. Awesome. <clears throat> well, thanks again, Dr. Castro, for joining us today. And thanks, of course, Pete, for being on with me today. Uh, and thanks to all the listeners out there who continue to follow. Um, um, be sure to continue to like, follow, and subscribe on all of our social medias. And we will see you next time. Thank you for listening. Be sure to follow us on Facebook at KPP Podcast. If you'd like to be on the show or know someone who would make a great guest, feel free to reach out. Hope to see you next time.